Welcome to the Wonder Learn Show. I'm your host, France Tapon. In this mini episode, I have Gary Arndt, the host of the Everything Everywhere Daily Podcast. If this is episode number three with Gary, it's going to be about China and Taiwan. If it's episode number four, it's about Israel and Gaza. If it's episode number five, it's about the United States election and his predictions. And if it's episode number six, the last episode with Gary, it will be about Bitcoin. I'm making these short episodes so that I can focus on my book. Remember to go to patreon.com slash ftapon to get the latest chapter that I'm working on. And now, Gary Art. Let's do a quick segment on Bitcoin. Yes, sure. please. It has, um, as of this recording, we're in the mid-30,000 range, so 35, 36, whatever it is, 37. No, I think as of this second, it's $37,209. Okay, there you go. I got a little so, tracker that sits up in the menu bar of my screen, so... Give us your thoughts. I remember way back when you you sounded much more cynical about the whole thing, um, and now you, I know you have you you can stream Sats, um, you can you can get people on certain apps that can actually pay you um, th- uh, in satoshis, which is uh, the small bits of bitcoins. If you want to think of it as like cents versus dollars, uh, for those who don't know. And um, where do you think we're going? Do you think? Uh, do you think this is going to get a, a little bit, uh, get a second wind or a third wind or whatever this is, another another surge? Uh, yeah, we're in the middle of it right now. I mean, it's gone up 100% almost or over 100%. It was like 16,000. Now it's, you know, 37,000. Um, what's happening, I think, that is boding well for it is that large institutions are now seeing it as a respectable place to uh, invest or to park money. And the United States is opening up or going to approve uh, EFT spot markets for Bitcoin. They've basically said Bitcoin is a commodity as opposed to other uh, cryptocurrencies that are securities because there's no one person running it. Um, So I think that all bodes uh, very well for it. And it's just a matter of, you know, people catching up with it. I think it's, it's not going, there are long-term problems, I think, with Bitcoin that I don't, I've never heard people address. The Lightning Network does a very good job of making transactions easy, but there is still at the end of the day, this problem where you can only have about 220 million on-chain transactions per year, which means every human being on earth would get one on-chain transaction every 38 years. For this to become something bigger, it's not going to be everybody having their own keys to their own Bitcoin because it literally is impossible to have that many transactions, literally impossible. And 220 million is also uh, coincidentally very close to the number of transactions that are done by banks on the federal reserve networks uh, uh, system every year. So if it was just financial institutions like large banks doing on-chain chain transactions, even globally, I think that it could possibly work, but it'll never work for every individual doing it. Not to mention that fees for uh, transaction fees are going to start going through the roof. And if it's a small number of financial institutions that are just exchanging with each other, uh, they could probably just swap fees or or things like that. Uh, So in the long run, it may just be the basis for some other currency in the same way that in the gold standard, people didn't carry around gold. Right. You carried around a note that was redeemable in gold. So something like that might possibly happen. But I think that the 
early days of it now where everyone's saying, you know, you have, you know, your keys, your coins and things like that uh, will always technically be true. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be practically true. I agree with you that the transaction fees will go up and to the point that it could become prohibitively expensive for certain individuals. But the question is, is whether the layer two solution, which is lightning network at the moment would be enough to, if you can basically bundle, I don't know how many transactions you can bundle, but maybe hundreds of thousands of transactions within, you know, one, uh, on chain transaction that should be enough to be able to have, uh, you know, billions and billions of transactions in a year, if you, if you see what I mean. So I run my own lightning node. I run my own, uh, my, my own Bitcoin node, my, my own lightning node. And so I have to set up a, uh, channel with one or more other parties to get liquidity in order to do transactions. Uh, so basically I have to lock up, say a million Satoshis that I can then use to buy send or, or receive other Satoshis. Um, even with that, I am going to have to reset the channel because it's either exhausted its liquidity or the, the other party has decided to reset it at least once a year, probably a couple times a year, depending on the size of it. And that alone is the problem. If you're doing it every year, like I said, everyone on earth would get one on-chain transaction every 38 years. So if you're having to update, and, and I'm just doing little piddly stuff for my podcast, right? Um, the, the amount I have coming in every month from say the, the, my, my advertising dwarfs, you know, all the, the, the Bitcoin I currently have. So it would be very difficult. There needs to be like a third, you know, layer or something where maybe the second layer is done by large institutions. And then you have an account on those institutions, like a bank. But I really haven't heard anyone talk about this. They all they talk about is, oh, you can do as many transactions on Lightning as you can with Visa. It's like, that's true, but that's also not the point. The question is, how many times are the channels being changed? And if the channels are being updated on a regular basis, which they are, if you, there, there are some great, I have an umbral node and there, you know, I can log in and I can see the number of options for liquidity swaps and, and what's going on. And there's a lot of them. Um, you know, a million Satoshis is kind of the average right now, or a couple million, which is, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And those are only going to get bigger and bigger to avoid this problem. So I think there's still more innovation that needs to be done in this space in order for this to um, be some, but we're a long way from that as well. So this, this is a long-term problem in the meantime. And I don't know what you're seeing in Africa, um, but I know if you look at the top 10 countries in terms of Bitcoin adoption, like it's the United States is one and then the rest are all developing countries. You know, it's Vietnam, Nigeria, places like that, that have crummy banking systems. And a reason why a lot of Americans don't understand the value of it is because they have a relatively good banking system and they have one of, you know, what I will call the least worst currency in the world. Uh, a lot of people want to have U.S. dollars. And but if you live in a place that has a crappy currency or, you know, crappy banking systems like Argentina, you want to put your money in something else. And it could be a stack of $100 bills, which is not inherently safe, or it could be something like this uh, that you could travel overseas with if you just know, you know, some passwords. And, and so that's why I think it, it's going to keep growing and uh, it's going to, the adoption of Bitcoin is going to increase. And it really almost at a certain level has nothing to do with the United States. It has to do with the rest of the world. 
So true. I agree with that uh, 100%. I just don't, I'll need to research a little bit more about your idea about the transaction bottleneck, if you will. Um, I don't, I haven't heard that. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying that you're not right. I'm just saying that I haven't delved into that issue or heard. So do you remember a couple of years ago, they had the thing called the block size wars where they wanted to increase the size of a, a block. That, that all had to do with the number of transactions. So right now, bit, the, the uh, Bitcoin can transact about seven transactions a second. And you just extend that out seven times the number of seconds in a year, you end up around 220 million. And that's a pretty hard limit. Uh, there are some things they did. They had a, a change recently where they were able to you know, put in a little bit more data. So that number can, can change on the margins, but it's not like it's gonna double or triple. But hold on, if the a transaction, those one every seven seconds, if one of them is a lightning transaction that is composed of a million little transactions, doesn't that uh, boost the whole overall for, network? For that to happen, it has to be a big institution, right? It's not a person. So like I said, I have my own lightning uh, node and all of the, the and, and there are dozens of transactions that are done per day on my own node from people giving money to the podcast. So it's a lot of small transactions, but it's a lot of them. Uh, but I still have to open a new channel a couple times a year for liquidity purposes. So you're right. If it was a mass, like billions of dollars worth of liquidity in massive lightning nodes, yeah, that could be done. And maybe the big banks, they do it once a day between themselves. Uh, but that's a very different system than what we're talking about, again, where everyone has possession over their own Bitcoin. And so what I'm basically saying is, if this spreads and if it becomes global, this notion of everybody having possession of their own uh, Bitcoin under their own name with their own password is going to become very, very difficult to impossible. I hear what you're saying. Um, so far, I'm just- With the I'm Lightning just, Network, still an on-chain train transaction that has to take place eventually. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Um, I'm just saying that so far, I haven't heard that level of concern in the far out future. The biggest level of concern I've always heard is that the transaction fees could get to be very expensive as the 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 block reward, which is in 2024, going to drop to 3.25, I think it is, um, or 3.1, it's 3.1 something. Anyway, um, that is the biggest concern. But this particular con about having enough transactions, I think most people are saying that the Lightning Network should be able to handle it. But I agree with you. It's a there are a lot of transactions. Yeah, it's not the it's not an issue of transactions. Right. The Lightning Network could do it. It's an issue of opening up channels on the Lightning nodes. The number of on-chain transactions that is available is so small that even if it can handle billions of transactions on the Lightning node, the transactions between the nodes, which is really what we're talking about, can overwhelm that 220 million number. Like I said, 220 million is roughly the same number of transactions between banks just in the United States. So forget about Visa and MasterCard. How do we just handle the banks between or the transactions between financial institutions? That cost, uh, you know, the on-chain transactions as of right now. So Lightning 
is not going to be, it, it may play a role, but there's going to need to be even something else. And so the self-custodial dream, I don't know if it's going to be possible. I think the, the only people that are going to be owning and controlling Bitcoin, people may still have some socked away like they do with gold and they don't do any transactions with it. It's just there. Um, but for, if this was to be a real thing, it's going to have to be done with major institutions that have a lot, a lot of liquidity. All right. Well, fascinating discussions, Gary. Um, we will definitely talk back more about this uh, later on in 2024. Uh, I wish you the best with your podcast. It's great. Uh, I suggest everybody definitely to listen to it. I love listening to every single episode. You got a nice Q&A episodes, I think once a month, right? Yeah. First Saturday yeah. of every month. Yeah. So those are great. And those are fun too. So uh, it's a great way to just learn a little something every day. And even on subjects that you think, you know, it's either good to get a revision. And by the way, I'll tell you this. Sometimes it just shows you how senile are becoming because when you re-release, occasionally you have like an encore presentation of, of, of an old one. I'm like, I know I've listened to everything. I'm part of the completionist club. I've listened to every damn podcast you've made. And yet I see a thing. This is a re-release and I don't even remember much of it at all. And I have to listen to it again. So either I so didn't I, listen I to made, it. I'm on show number 1200. So you're just going to forget things or you need a refresher. And that's just normal for people and strangely enough yeah even though i do these encore episodes i've never gotten a single complaint about them so <laughs> awesome yeah. all right take care gary and that ends this episode of the wander learn podcast where we explore travel technology and transformation if you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode if you'd like to connect with me just remember f tap on that's my first initial and my last name f tap on is always my social media username my website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it four, review it, and five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.